<clears throat> Hello, welcome back to Tales of Recovery. Thank you for listening and for tuning in. This episode is sponsored by Aqua V, which is 9.5 alkaline water. And this is a company that is super cool. My friend Pablo has been growing it. I've been witnessing his process and his love of healing as well. And they're now available in San Diego. And they're working on glass bottling, which is also um, amazing. Meanwhile, we recycle the plastic, of course, but we're waiting for the glass because the more and more we learn about what we need to do to stay strong and healthy, the, I believe, is part of, it's not all of it, but it's part of what can make us more whole and live better lives. So thank you for Aqua V. And I will put their web their website underneath here. You can order um, online. They will either mail you the bottles or they actually deliver those big garrafones, those jugs, to your door. Um, this episode is about, I've been really thinking about why I do the, all this death work. There's a, I'm doing a little plug here for saving the date. Save the date, December 3rd and 4th. I believe I'm going to be part of this really great um, event created by Flourish that is for the expansion of our humanity, for healing, for love, for light, for, but for really doing some of the work. And in, in talking about doing the work, it's, uh, it's been coming up lately in a lot of the, the ceremonies that I've been sitting in, sitting with people in ceremony, with, with mushrooms and this amazing medicine, this healing medicine that I always would say, yes, everyone should take it. But I'm beginning to also become aware of the fact that I think, you know, since I've had a wonderful experience with these medicines that everyone else is going to, and I think everybody does, it's like a quantum leap of healing and discovery of your humanity. That's why people, the government doesn't want you to have it because it opens up your mind, it opens up your body and your spiritual DNA and everything to remembering and to processing grief and sensing all these emotions and ancestral healing. And I mean, it is incredible what these beautiful babies can do. However, us as humans have to take on the responsibility of doing the work before we go sit in one of these ceremonies and then after. And that is what I've been realizing is a lot of people just want to go and sit with the plants and or sit with this medicine and then not do the work. Yes, I think it's way better than just taking, you know, pharmaceuticals, antidepressants or anti-anxiety medicine for 10, 20 years and you don't even, you know, you don't even know why you're taking them. And so part of doing the work is looking into your trauma, your childhood, your experiences. Why, what have you been suppressing that you aren't, able to express because it's too scary it's too intense right? i run into a lot of people that have like this anger this irritability and they just want to push it down with all these pharmaceuticals because it's it's just too intense and so it's safer to take the the pharmaceutical medication than to actually allow these emotions that i'm guessing is probably repressed anger or fear uh something happened and you're just not allowing yourself to express it because we've been programmed for so long that you can't be angry. You can't be loud. You can't be crazy. You have to keep it all together, contain, contain, contain. And when that 
it, these emotions start to come up because the body can only hold them down for so long until you get sick or lose your shit or, you know, something incredible happens that there's just a shift where you finally make the decision to do the work, to get into your body and to find that, you know, call the therapist, figure out what you, what you, what you can do in order to get better. And yes, I mean, there's 50 million tons of modalities now, anywhere you look, and how to heal for this and how to heal for that. I would like to recommend we start with the body, embodiment. Before we go and get that certificate on reading the angels and light work and this witchcraft or that shamanic practitioner thing, blah, 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 which is which are all beautiful things, get into the body first, because I sometimes feel like we do all of these courses and these things, and I'm speaking to the choir, I've done this myself, you know, I've been in this journey for like 27 years, where you take all these courses and you study all these things and, and you just completely ignore your body. And in this, in this life form that we're in right now, in this experience, we're in the body. So no matter how spiritual you get or how much you know about astrology and the Akashic records and that, if you are not moving your body, tending to your body, creating and developing emotional and spiritual intelligence inside of the tissues of your body. Um, it, it, it isn't integral. It isn't wholesome. There's parts to it, and it's a big journey. There's lots that we need to do, of course, um, to grow and expand and feel softer and safer in the body. See, if we feel safe in the body, then the healing can begin. But most of us don't feel safe. That's why we drink every night. Well, I don't drink every night, but that's why people drink, or I used to a long time ago. You know, you, you do drink a lot. You avoid by, you know, numbing out on Netflix or Instagram or, or people are getting, you know, stoned all the time. And yes, marijuana is a beautiful medicine, but all day, every day, it's like, I don't know, unless you have chronic pain and you need it. Like when my mom was dying, she needed it all day, every day. But if... You're in general a younger or, or even older, but a person that has some form of health and the capacity to grow that health, I think it's important to notice what we're numbing out with. And then go in really compassion, in lots of compassion, like a compassionate mode, modality, to see like, okay, what is the root of this? Why am I doing this? And to get into the body, I mean, everybody wants to exercise Sometimes some of us don't do it. We're just like, oh, I'll go tomorrow, I'll go later, blah, blah, blah. Or you get really committed for two, three months, and then you're like, oh, it's winter, it's bear time, I'm not going to do it. Or or you find different types of motivation. But if you if we decide every day to tend a little bit to the body, to, to listen, you know, to listen to the body, like to think about, all right, let me just stop right here. And this is, you know, somatic Somatic or body work, right? Trauma-informed work, somatic practitioners work. And and it's really, I mean, it's mindfulness from thousands of years ago. Now there's a science behind it and we're understanding it at a different level. But meditation, meditators have been doing this for thousands of years. What is the sensation that's coming up in my body? Hmm. Maybe it's anger. Where do I notice it? It's up here in my head. And then you breathe and you, you notice and you sit with it and you don't move. And next thing you know, that energy in motion, that emotion, that sensation has moved down now towards your chest. And now it feels like grief or 
some type of constriction and then you just notice it you you, you welcome it you welcome it for tea let's let's befriend you instead of resist you and then you notice it shifts and after 10 more minutes of breathing you you forget about it because your body feels really light and this is just the the way life goes right everything is constantly changing and there's this impermanence but when we're able to sit and notice this and practice it we begin to tend to the body and out of this care and awareness maybe now we can start to go to yoga or go swimming or go for walks out in nature on a more regular basis because we're so in tune with our body and we're not just doing it because so-and-so experts said to do it or because if i go every day for my next vacation in 30 days i'm going to look hot blah 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 or i just need to lose some weight for this wedding but it becomes this cultivation of a love of this gift of embodiment of this gift of life and and we and we we begin to heal and therefore you know heal everyone around us i mean that i think is the part of our responsibility is to to do this work i mean there's you know almost 50 percent of the people in the united states and in mexico are struggling with obesity and out of that comes diabetes and out of that comes other disease and there's like a opiate addiction that is insane um so many people dying of overdoses of taking pain medication and then there's you know the freaking what's that thing called they put in it a fentanyl it's coming in through and people don't know what they're what they're taking and this you know is not really something that you can just decide well i'm not going to do it i mean it has such a deep rooted 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 um ancestral history of repression and oppression and pain and sorrow and grief that nobody is allowed to feel or sense or even talk about. And a lot of times I wonder, why am I doing these death cafes or these, these, these grief workshops, grief and praise? Because I think in my experience of 27 years, when we don't go in there and allow these, these really deep, profound questions and experiences to be sensed in the body, if we don't feel them in the body, then we don't have the 100% full spectrum of life that is also capable to be felt in the body. We hold back, we, we constrict because there's fear, we pretend that everything's okay when in reality there's not, we take Xanax when we're super fucking stressed out or scared, we take something else to go to sleep, we take something else to wake up in the morning, because these feelings that we're not allowed, allowing ourselves to feel are in there manifesting and they want to get the fuck out, man. They want to be felt. They want to be experienced. They want you to know that this is part of what it is to be a freaking human in these bodies right now in this experience. Who knows what will happen when we die? But right now we have this flesh and we have this computer with all of these you know, connections that are telling you, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Yeah, move here, move there. And if someone's looking at you, you freeze. You're like, oh, I can't move. I can't listen. Or can I listen? I don't know. Should I listen to my body? Should I do what I want? Should I allow myself to be happy? Or should I people please every freaking buddy and their dog? And I'll be happy later when I'm super freaking pissed. And now I have to pop a pill to go to sleep because I haven't been tending to my body 
tending to my emotions, tending to my life. This is your one precious life. And of course, there's sacrifices and things we have to do to pay the bills, to make sure the kids get to, you know, what they need, or, you know, that we're compromising and being cool with our partners, helping out, you know, our elder our elders. But in but in really, those are like those should be expansions that we do out of love and space because we're really tending to ourselves. How do you tend to yourself? When was the last time? You tended to yourself without asking somebody to decide something for you. Hey, is it okay if I come visit you? I mean, why are you asking? I mean, it's okay to ask to come visit somebody so that you can travel to a specific place, right? But in reality, if you want to travel, then you just go. In reality, if you want to, you know, I don't know, study a specific thing or get a job, you know, as an audio engineer for a music company, you don't need anyone's approval for that. And we're constantly asking our partners, our friends, our family, our parents, hey, what do you think? What do you think? And it's cool to get opinions, but tending to the body and embodiment means you sit in silence. Yes, that might be difficult to sit in silence because we're not used to silence. But part of what what I'm saying here is let's get used to silence. Because in silence, we listen. We, we're able to hear what our body, what our intuition, what all of these suppressed emotions are trying to tell us. And then at first, it might not be easy. There's, there's some work that we got to do. I, I mean, I had this experience a couple months ago with these really cool guys. And we had, you know, they, they all came to the ceremony. And Julio was there. And I thought, okay, this is going to be great. I don't know any of them, but they... They want to do this this journey. I mean, I know I know some of them, but it was just very powerful to see a week later how disheveled everyone was. Because what the medicine, what these what these spirits of these fungi do is open you up and awaken you to this reality that is so freaking intense to be in these bodies feeling things. In this, in this rock that's flying in the middle of the universe. And you don't think about that because you're born into these systems of, you know, like these little slavery systems, right? Where you're like, these are where the blocks go. This is where this goes. You go to kinder, you go to first grade, second grade, third grade, you go to middle school, you go to school, you try to stay out of the tribal trouble and you do sports and you get to your universities and you go to, go to work and go to job and you ha- and you marry and you have... So you have all these little structural to-dos, you know, since you're born. I mean, I, I went to Costco with my dad today for the first time in a long ass time. I don't like going to Costco, but he needed these sandwiches for his dominoes. So I said, okay, yo te llevo, let's go. And we were there. I was looking at him thinking, isn't it a trip? Look at all these boxes and all this packaging and all these people in line with their carts full of boxes and packaging because this is where everybody gets the food. Who knows where it's coming from, how long it's been packaged and sitting here in like these fluorescent lights and we're not outdoors anymore, growing our own food. And we're eating all these things that, I mean, is it really necessary to like have all these, oh, but now they, you know, they market organic gummies, but there's still gummies full of sugar. Oh, they're organic and like 50,000 types of shampoo and all of these different types of cereal. You know, it's just, 
we think that's normal. I mean, 15 years ago, I thought it was normal. Oh, I thought it was the coolest thing to go to Costco. Now I'm beginning to realize, man, it's the mothers. I mean, there's so many people. I guess how else are they going to get the food if, if nobody has, if anybody doesn't have, if everybody doesn't have the ability to go to farmer's market or grow their own food and have chicken and a goat or whatever. But I mean, that's where I'm going. I'm going up to the mountains to have my own, you know, space and create a community where other, you know, where I can host other people to come and hang and, and work in the land and not have to go to Costco. But now I went down the rabbit trail because what I was getting at was the responsibility of um, doing the work and in, in being able to realize when you take these medicines that your head is going to blow up and expand and you will think Costco is really weird. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the things that will happen. But a lot of the things that happen is there's this, there's this openness and your heart opens such beautiful expressions of love and sensations of love. And that's why, you know, this medicine is like, it breaks barriers and it breaks protection and it opens your heart and you feel, you know, like what it really means to be alive. And it's so beautiful. And then two, three days, four days later, even a month later, if you're not integrating that experience and if you're not grasping the tools to ground and to tend to your body, and to really process all of these lies that you've been told and how these lies are, are really are really fucked up. They're doing so much damage, you know? This industrial revolution has really turned its back on whoever thought was a good idea. Us, you know? So there's so much um, of that that, that that comes through Plus, you never mind the openness you have to like your own intuition or sensing, you know, energies or spirits. And that's just, it's always there, but we're not really paying attention. So after the medicine, you're sensing these energies freaking out because the programming has always been, oh, this is el diablo. That's from the devil. Don't, don't, you know, I'm not supposed to do that. And instead of remembering that everything is alive in here, right? And there's there's so many energies that are alive, just not just not computers and Costco. I mean, it's us, it's the plants, it's energies around us, it's spirits, it's our ancestors, it's our our loved ones that have passed on. I can't. And so we don't see that because we don't sit in silence to pay attention to it, because we're out shopping in Costco or just in the work and the computer, hustling, 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 buying new things, buying new things, or promoting how to make more money because we want to keep you know lifestyle of the rich and famous up. And so to to get back into tending to the body, the more we tend to the body and to the heart and create space to integrate when we do plant medicine. And then maybe hopefully get into this responsibility of not just what I mean, of course you're gonna do, you know, good for what's your body good what is good for your body to tend for your body and then out of there what is best for everybody else around you is body everybody else around you spirit um you know your kids your partners your neighbors and the you know one of the ways that i'm that i keep thinking of okay well what do i do now because I, we do hold integration 
circles um, after every time we journey, after every ceremony. But I don't think that's enough to just have one integration circle after you meet. And I remember when I went to Ayahuasca the first time, it was before my mom was passed away. I was just so desperate. I'd done the Hoffman process. I've been practicing yoga for like 20 years and recovery for so long, retreats, this and that. And I was just, you know, desperate because I, I, I knew she was dying. Everybody else was saying she wasn't. And I, I was, I was, I really needed a change of direction and an openness of heart. I didn't want to be angry or frustrated. And when I got to the ayahuasca ceremony and my friend Vera invited me to, I said, they said, what do you want? I said, well, I want, I want love. I want to connect to love. I don't want to feel angry. You know, I want this experience of healing where I just shed all of this trauma and shoulds and to-dos that haven't been getting done and blah, blah, blah. And, and that's the experience that I had. It was so powerful and difficult and intense. And at one point I thought, that's it. I, why did I do this? I'm dying. I, I was so constricting this little ball and the, the, the shaman lady, this beautiful woman from Peru, from the Shipibo tribe who was doing her singing and the Osekaros now, she came to tell me, you know, she sprayed the water on me. She said, just, you know, just surrender, just trust and just welcome the visitors. She says, welcome the messages. But I had been, I had already been seeing a bunch of visitors and messages. That's why I was freaking the fuck out because there was all these dead people there and skeletons. And my programming had been such that it was to fear, 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 fear death, you know, unless, of course, you know, you're a Catholic and you're going to go to heaven. But even then, those churches are like horrible. It's, they're scarier than dying. And all the messages and the shame based and the guilt based and the fear based. And so I, it took that trip with me with this amazing grandmother plant and the help of the shaman to just be like, okay. And then I just open up to just love, 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 understanding, understanding. I saw all of my grandparents, all of my grandmothers as like adults, but like little kids. And my heart opened up and I was like, oh, oh yeah, I get it. You guys have been also part of this predatory system of colonialized and oppression and you guys also had to do these and these and these things to survive and you know we're, we were not as disconnected from the earth but kind of disconnected from the earth because you know we we're moving towards industrial stuff and but i understood i understood i let go i knew i i was like the clear message said my mom said i'm leaving i'm only here because of you and I got to go. And I knew, and I knew, you know, and, she, you know, she, she died like four months after this experience. But I connected to this shaman after that a week and to her assistant, Alma. And I kept seeing Alma and I kept going back and I kept getting their assistance and containing everything that was opening up in my brain and in my ideas and in my heart because everything shifted upside down. Like, I already knew things didn't make sense. I had already quit my job, you know, years before. I had been planning to quit for seven years before because I didn't want to be working in some office in downtown, you know. I have magic to do and, and, and songs to sing and, and ceremonies to create and, you know, in circles with fires and retreats to do where we can all go have fun and cry and, and tend to our bodies and tend to our hearts and live life in more of awe and 
and learn these practices of grounding. And so what I had, you know, had left, but the ayahuasca was like a deeper push into growing an awareness of all of the programming that I've been still having in my mind, right? Because it's by layers. It's like onions, layers, layers, layers. And so after my mom died, you know, the grieving in sweat lodges was good, but I knew I had to get more of this grieving. Like I couldn't really cry. I was just, I cried, but it was like I had this, I'd been holding the fort for so long. And this is one of the things that, you know, you can meditate in yoga and meditate in yoga, but there's something in there that's not cracking open yet because, because it's not safe. You know, uh, a lot of doctors talk about this. The cool, the cool ones about how when you, when you're a kid, and you want to cry or so throw, throw throw a tantrum, but it's not safe because then, you know, you won't get a you won't get a cake or you won't get cuddled by your mom or you won't or you'll get in trouble in school. So you you learn to hold that in. You learn to hold it in, and as Mexicans, a lot of things that we do is we just crack jokes about it and make fun of ourselves. Or make fun of others, um, which is really making fun of ourselves. You think you're making fun of someone else, but it's all about you. And you make these jokes, and and you don't feel that safety in our in the you know the the Nino Santos. These beautiful mushrooms from from all over the world. They're all over the world. Um, they they helped me after my mom died to cry like a baby for like six hours straight. Not even like a baby. Like that ugly crying, like horrible, like weeping, like, wow. I mean, I just couldn't stop. And I remember just laying there, we were on the beach and, you know, it was with Julio who was just saying, your mom is here, I can feel your mom here. And I was just a blubber of a mess, crying, crying. But after all this crying, my body was like renewed. I felt like I had, it's, it's when I began to understand what these, what these medicines do, right? What these this magical psychedelics um, pro- help you process in the body. And I also know that this can be done without them. Um, it's just, you know, sometimes you have to do a little more work and dancing and moving and, and, and really getting intensely into these altered states of consciousness through breathwork and meditation that uh, if, if, if you don't cultivate the discipline to do them, or even if you do, sometimes these medicines give you a little whoop, quantum leap and a speed ahead into, okay, next. Now what are we going to learn next? Um, so I've, I think I'm, I'm going to be creating a school of preparation for before your journey and then a school of container for after. I'm not really sure how it's going to look yet. It might be on the Patreon. It might just be regular videos on my, on my webpage. But I definitely want it to be... Uh, something that's live and that we meet and that we prepare before these journeys. Uh, and, you know, I'll different guest speakers and I'll refer you to different coaches for this or that. I mean, I, I have so many really cool friends that um, some help in nutrition, some help in liver, de- liver detoxes and do spiritual guidance and Reiki and yoga and, you know, somatic experience practitioners and different modalities because not everybody connects with you know, with the same energy, you might need different teachers. But the main thing is to really learn how to embody and ground. I was telling these ladies that I that I had a ceremony with also a while back ago that um, 
especially older women, right, in their 40s, 50s, 60s, there's some of the younger kids are already born, they already know their power, they already know the psychic things, unless they have a crazy mom telling them that's bullshit. But for the most part, if you do have a crazy mom that tells you that's bullshit, well, here we go, right? We're trespassing this ancestral fucked upness that we have to now turn into ancestral healing this. But these ladies were so open, and I thought, you know, we have been so oppressed for so long with religion and culture and machismo and just like life in general you might not even go to church you might not even be married but the culture and the societal norms in the tv stuff and the movies and everything you've seen is about uh, it's not about empowering yourself for the most part so when these medicines come and open up your pineal gland and your intuition and all your chakras and you're like whoa we have to do the work to have strong bodies that are capable of holding this new knowledge, this new power, this wisdom and this openness of the heart. Because it's so open, it's it's scary at first. You're like, well, wait, I don't know. You're so vulnerable. And, and so how do we do this? You step outside barefoot for 20 minutes a day. You walk in nature. You drink rose tea you get the rose petals and you create infusions and you you know you 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 tend to your body you go practice yoga you take a mindfulness class you come to my school for grounding right aterrizando um and 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 these tools that help you get back in the body you dance dancing is a great one i had a friend tell me um a couple of weeks ago, I just I haven't been able to move. I can't go to yoga. I can't do anything. I'm just laying in bed all day. I said, well, five minutes, three minutes, put on your favorite song and just get out of bed and move and move. Because the energy, right, everything is energy. The energy wants to move inside your body. And you nobody has to see you. You can just, you know, that's why I post a lot of my Instagram stories, just silly dancing, because you can get silly about it. It's all play. It's all a game. Like my friend Shamanakua says, it's just play. Like, why are we taking things so seriously? There's very serious things, yes, but we don't have to take it so seriously when it comes to these exigencias. How do you say that? These, these requirements that we ask of ourselves. These, like, we ha- it has to be perfect. It needs to be like this. No, it doesn't. I mean, this is the most punk rock podcast I've ever seen in my life, Right. There's so many podcasts that I recorded and I tell my guests, look, I'm not going to edit. So if you have something that you don't want to say or whatever right now, let me know because I don't edit. I can't. It takes forever. This is punk rock. Shoot it up. So there's two of the people that call me after and they're like, uh, can you edit this part? Can you, can you not post because this part and there they are in the archive one day when I get my shit together and I figure out how to edit fast because I can edit, but it takes so long. Um, and the point is, I don't care about being perfect because it, it sucks the life out of me and it's very suffocating. And I still fall into it here and there once in a while. But, you know, we do the best we can. Everyone's doing the best they can. You do the best you can. You do whatever makes you happy and do the work to get there so that you're not, you know, pissing on other people. Because if you're not doing the work and you're just doing what you want, then that has some little negative consequences on maybe hurting other people. So with responsibility, how can we help to, 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 to put a pause on these opium addictions and these 
all these depression and anxiety problems, you know, we start by ourselves. Because when I get better, then my kids get better. You know, when you get better, then your friends will notice a difference. Your kids get better. And, you know, to have little rituals of burning the guilt. I talk to so many moms that feel so guilty about this and this and that. Just burn that guilt. You're doing the best you can. And you can repair. You can repair. Maybe your kid doesn't want to talk to you right now, but you start doing the work and you and trust and there's always always a possibility to repair and as we tend to our bodies and tend to ourselves and and you know and and expect beautiful things because we're constantly we're worrying about when is the other shoe going to drop when's the next one esperando los madrazos you know instead of Thinking that way, and if we're co-creators with the world, then as we do the work, we can expect beautiful things. We have to. We have to, because the more of us expecting beautiful, positive, healing things, then the more we affect all those negative forces that are, you know, building more Costco's and thinking that that's, that's normal. So it, it's it's just like a call of a call of the wild, right? To come back to the wild. And we've been told the wild, oh, she's too wild. No, we want to be wild. Fuck this, like, you know, all like prison system of the body. You know those corsets they used to wear? Those are see, and the blouses up to here and all the little um, just constricting. I mean, I'm talking about constricting clothing, but it was you're constricting really your, your all of you because we are the body. Right? We are these, these bodies and we should be able to lift up our hands and, and move our hips and touch our bellies and leave them hanging out soft instead of tucking in. I mean, you know, nutrition, nutrition for the, for the body, nutrition for the heart, nutrition for the mind. It's all one. It's all interconnected. And, well, prepare when you're going to go sit in a journey and I'm here, I'm compl- I mean, this is why I'm recording this podcast, because I'm available for this journey of preparation. I'm not really sure how it's going to be worked out yet with the, with the curriculum or whatever, but but you guys know, if you're working with me and you've got a journey, we've been working for a while, or you're in the mindfulness um, programs that I run, or you're in my retreats, or you come to the events. And so, um, animo, animo, you know, encouragement for everybody with courage and compassion uh, we can do this. And so thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. If you like this, please write a little review, send it off to your friends. If you don't like it, that's okay. Just leave it like that. And thank you again, Aqua V, our sponsors for Tales of Recovery, Recuperando la Vida. And we'll see you guys soon.